Thank you for being here. What a delight it is to be with you. I, I, I tell you, uh, <clears throat> I never get tired of uh, coming together with my brothers and my sisters and uh, saying a few words and encourage you and, and, um, and, 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 and hope that you will be encouraged by what God is speaking uh, through this, um, well, he used donkeys sometimes, so we're actually going to talk about that donkey today a little bit, <clears throat> meaning another donkey than me, but <laughs> God, God, God is good. God is good. Before, before we start, let me just say this. I, uh, I want to encourage you, ladies, to be part of that uh, ladies' Bible study. Uh, the, the teacher, Priscilla Shirer, is an, an, excellent, an excellent teacher, and... There's only good things to be said about the armor of God that she's teaching. And uh, so uh, if you want to be encouraged and, and being instructed at the same time, then please participate in it. It starts next Thursday uh, evening. Uh, I, I want you to know that the book is $17. If that is an issue for you, just come whisper in my ear. It is not an issue. Uh, 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 nobody should be... Uh, kept from doing a Bible study because you cannot afford a book. And there's no shame in that. I, I, I'll tell you right, right now that in our life, Sybil and mine, there have been times where we didn't even have one dollar. So don't, don't feel like, oh, poor I, me, I, I'm ashamed I don't have $17. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm not ashamed not, not having had one dollar in my life uh, because the Lord has taught us so much through it <clears throat> to appreciate the little things. When you cannot even buy the little things. You get to appreciate them. So uh, I just want to say that by way of encouragement. Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's Thursday coming up next. I mean, <laughs> this Thursday. Yes. Yeah. Four days or so. Yes. And um, then I, I want to encourage you also to come tonight. Uh, tonight, Doyle and I, Doyle, wave your hand at this, brother, would you? Doyle and I, we're, we'll talk about the blood covenant, and he'll, he'll present it for the most part, and then I'll chip in and uh, applying it and making it uh, applicable to uh, God and us and, and, and husband and wife at the same time. Because there's three blood covenants in the scripture. The covenant with God, between God and us through the blood of Jesus Christ. The covenant between us as brothers and sisters because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And then the husband and wife relationship is also a blood covenant. So um, there you have it. Then one more thing. Peter did a great job making the announcements. I have nothing, no complaints about it. But I just want to emphasize one more thing. That I, from my perspective, I will call the weekend of the 21st through the 24th or 25th, if you will, a, a, a revival weekend, the whole weekend. Because we'll start with... Kaleen on Saturday night, uh, 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 teaching and, and sharing with the women. And she is a marvelous, marvelous teacher. I am surprised that she is not doing all kinds of video series uh, like Beth Moore and some of these others, uh, Priscilla Shriver and so on and so forth, because she's an excellent, excellent teacher. Excellent. Uh, no doubt about it. So I want to encourage you to come that Saturday night. That, I feel like, is when our revival starts. And, and, by, and by the way, we're praying for revival. 
You cannot schedule a revival, okay? God brings revival or not. You cannot tell him, hey, God, I'm scheduling you in for a revival, okay? We're praying that God will bring. And revival is primarily for the believers. You have to be vived before you can be revived. In history, it has always been that the believers were revived and that there was such a change over them that their neighbors and their friends would come to the meetings because there was such a difference in their lives. And then those neighbors and friends and fellow employees would, would get saved. Revival. Praise the Lord. And so, and then on Sunday morning, we have Colleen's husband, Terry, will be preaching in the morning service. Cecil Peasley, Dr. Cecil Peasley, will already be in town. He'll be preaching at Calvary Chapel that morning. That night, he will be here. And then Monday and Tuesday night as well. So Sunday night will be at 6 o'clock. Monday and Tuesday will be at 7 o'clock. And then on Wednesday night, he will be at a Corpus Christi Christian Fellowship. So, well, when he comes to town, we want to make it worth his while. Yes? So he has given me some dates, and I'm trying to fill the dates for him uh, as one who loves Brother Cecil Priestley and who loves his ministry. I want to tell you one more little secret. Last year when Dr. Cecil Priestley was over here, the first night that he was here, I wrote in my journal, the worst night of my entire ministry. I did. Because there were so few people here. I cried that night. Wondering if people were really interested in hearing the word of God. And I, I had questions about it. I had questions even about whatever else. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yes. So, um, please come. He's an excellent evangelist. But he's a teaching evangelist. So, you will, you will glean lots of stuff from him that you need in your Christian life. And he's been all over the world uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ sacrificially. And I, for one want to be sure that I treat him as a man of God and uh, like they used to do and built, built an extra room. I didn't build an extra room. I just rented a room, okay, but in a nice hotel so that he has a nice place to stay when he's not preaching and when he's not busy so he can relax and, and treat him as a man of God, as a man of God should, should be treated. Uh, if I can't do it, I won't invite him. Uh, so, anyways... Praise the Lord. <laughs> now today, we are continuing in Second Peter, and we are in the second chapter. Remember, we're talking about, I, I, I gave you a break from Second Peter. On purpose. Because in the second chapter and some of the third chapter, he's talking about false teachers. And this is no fun. False teachers. But he, he devotes... Peter does, devotes the second chapter and a portion of the third chapter to this important subject of false teachers because he wants one thing only, that the believers won't be deceived by false teachers. And, and that is huge because there are many false teachers. Uh, and now, I want to be quick to remind you that... When we're talking about false teachers, it is important for us to know 
what a false teacher is and looks like. Not phys- <laughs> physically looks like, <laughs> but, but uh, when you hear him preach and when you hear him speak, what to look for. So, uh, but I don't want you to go investigating everybody that you hear. False teacher. Okay? Uh, but false teachers have some, th- some things in common. But what is not a false teacher is not necessarily somebody from another denomination. Or somebody from another political party. Or somebody who disagrees with you. Or somebody who is not quite uh, understanding of a particular passage at hand and doesn't do a good job of explaining it, but he's not a false teacher because he is not a false teacher. I'll give you some of the identifications for false teacher. So, as far as where I'm looking, it is about as bad a defamation as you can throw at somebody who is not a false teacher to call him a false teacher. So, don't use that term casually. It is, to me, it is like, oh, Maybe worse than a murderer, a murderer, false teacher. So don't, don't be casual with that term, false teacher. Be very aware. So we know from Second uh, 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 Peter, the second chapter, verse 1, we look at that real quick and see some of the uh, characteristics of a false teacher. Uh, Peter is saying there were false, among the Jewish people, there were false prophets. And he says, just as there were false prophets there, some false teachers will sneak into your fellowships. And and this is what you have to look out for. Uh, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily or secretly, uh, another translation would say, the the old King James would say, who are maybe a little bit more newer one than this version. Uh, What is this? King James? Yeah, okay. Uh, Who privily or secretly shall bring in damnable heresies. Okay? That is one characteristic. They will secretly bring in damnable heresies. False teachings that do not proclaim or direct you to Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, they direct you away from the Lord Jesus. That is like a red flag of red flags. Then the second one is more direct. And it says, even denying the Lord that bought them. This is an interesting idea to to think about. And we've talked about it already. But the idea that they deny the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the red flag of red flags. Of false teaching. Are you with me? Okay. Don't, don't, don't forget it. If somebody is denying the Lord Jesus Christ, you run. Don't stop. Um, that, that is not, that is a false teacher. So, but if he doesn't use Jesus Christ in a sermon this day, that is to make him a false teacher. This person is denying the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So, and, but it is interesting that even though they denied the Lord Jesus Christ, he also paid for them. He's bought them. They just didn't buy into him. He bought them, paid for them, but they didn't buy into him. Deny him. And then 
and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And I mentioned to you then when we talked about that a few weeks ago that the destruction in this construction is already on the way. It is not dormant. It is not hiding. It is already on the way. And when it comes and hits him, it hits these people, it is swift and this is this destruction. Uh, and of course, God can do whatever, how soon, however slow or fast he wants to do it. But now, now we're going to take a look at, so that is a false teacher. I told you what a false teacher is here in verse 1 and what not a false teacher is. Um, somebody you disagree with, so a different uh, a political party uh, uh, that doesn't interpret the scripture correctly, but they are claiming Jesus Christ as Savior and teach it. Uh, not just somebody from a different political party, somebody from another race, somebody from another country, or somebody from another denomination, and so on and so forth. So, um, then verses 10 through 22, you'll be surprised. Uh, that I'll, I'll do so many verses, but I'm trying to, to get through it a little bit. Uh, because there's not a lot of teaching to do per se, although there is some. Um, and I'll, I'll see where the Holy Spirit is leading, whether we're going to park here a little bit longer or park there a little bit longer or not. And, and we'll see what, what, what he decides. So first of all, then in verse 10, we'll see, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, Presumptions are they self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities uh, or, or uh, heavenly um, angelic figures. So, first then, they, are lawlessly, they will lawlessly walk after the flesh. These are people that not only walk after the flesh, but they are quick to entertain and continue to entertain their sinful nature, and they despise dominion. They have a hard time, or hard time, maybe that's too soft. They despise coming under authority. Now, it's speaking about false teachers, but coming under authority is, is always something that, that God has for us, to come under authority under the authority that is placed over you. You ought to be under that authority. For example, um, uh, 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 children and parents, or um, uh, 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 members of a church coming under the authority of the leadership of the church, so that, or uh, choir members coming under the authority of the choir director. Okay? As a choir member, you cannot just sing Amazing Grace when a choir director is doing Great is Thy Faithfulness. Okay? So there's a real order with God in people coming authority, under authority. Coming under authority is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It has to, and it is. Because there will be anarchy and chaos if, if people would not come under authority. And um, so we in Christian circles, seems like we always talk about leadership out there as well. I understand out there. But in the Christian circles, I don't understand it so much. It's always about leadership. But it's never seemed seemingly about followship. Not fellowship, followship. And I would 
I would ask you your opinion. Uh, in your opinion, Leela, uh, on average, how many people do you think uh, would follow a leader? On average, give me a number. Any number is good. You're thinking too hard already. That's okay. Give me a number. Yes. So if you have a leader, on average, how many people would follow such a such a person? Eighty. Okay. Eighty. Two hundred. You say? Okay. Eighty out of hundred. Okay. 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 Myself. So a leader, there would be eighty people following this person. Anybody agree? Anybody disagree? Give me a give. Anybody have a different number? Seventy-five. Five. Okay, so, but in some leaders, there are thousands of people following, yes? So, I'll go with your, with your 80. So, now, if then per each leader there is 80 followers, we should have 80 times more teachings on fellowship than we have on leadership. Does that make, yes? Because it is, it is a Christian art for, of the Holy Spirit to be a good follower, It is the mind of Christ to be a good follower as he submitted to the Father. Now, if you're a good leader, then you don't just dictate to your followers to follow because they have brains and God has given them gifts. So as a good leader, not only will you wash their feet, but as a good leader, you will draw from them what they have to offer in the spirit and therefore now the group is making much greater progress than for, for you to think that you have all the wisdom and for, them to, for you to direct everybody according to your will. So that is why, in my mind, the, the number one characteristic of a leader is humility. As far as I'm concerned, if you're not humble, you're not a leader. It might say on your tag, leader, but you're not a leader. And by the way, if nobody is following you, you, you you're just going for a walk. <laughs> okay. So it doesn't matter how many titles you have. It doesn't matter what is on, your, on the, the, the door of your office, on the tag on your clothes or whatever. If nobody is following you, my brothers and sisters, you, 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 you. <laughs> okay. So they are... They are not, they have a hard time. They don't want to come under government. Uh, another translation would say dominion. Uh, and they are presumptuous and they are led and self will and they are led by their flesh. Flesh. Remember that list that I call the ugliest list in the scriptures? The works of the flesh. It is as ugly a list as you encounter anywhere. Anywhere. This is what shows up in these people's lives. Now, it is logical because they are, if they are led by their flesh, then this is what you'll get. You don't have to do any extra uh, studying or any extra gymnastics or anything like that. If you go with the flesh, it will take you to that that ugly list all by itself. Unless you change course. 
So, and so that's what, part of what we'll find over here. So let me look at my notes here quick uh, so I can guide you directly. Um, secondly, we go to verse 10b. This was 10a-ish. Uh, 10b, um, the false teachers are characterized by arrogance. Arrogance. They are self-willed and daring, and they want to pronounce, uh, speak evil of angelic beings. Angelic beings who are supremely more powerful than they would ever be, and they want to say things of these angelic angels whom they know nothing of, but yet speak evil of. The height of arrogance. That's who they are. That is, but there is a, 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 a method to their madness because they are trying to deceive you. They are trying to, and they be as smooth as silk, and they, they say things in a, in a wonderful way and, and persuade you, and they even know scripture, but they are not believers, as we found out in verse 1, yes? They deny the Lord Jesus Christ, so they are not believers. And that is important for us to know as we progress through the scriptures. So then I'll go to the third point, and that is um, that they're ignorant as well. And, and Peter over here is using pretty bad language. I, I, I wouldn't use this language. Maybe Peter is giving me a little bit of permission to, to use it, but. You know, even a false teacher. I'm not sure, but Peter, Peter says this about the false teacher. Uh, how about a verse, I think we're at 12 now. 12. Check what he says. But these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of the things that they understand not. Like, like, like the angelic stuff that I was telling you about, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. So these guys, these false teachers, they, Peter describes them as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed. My dear brothers and sisters, you see why I'm telling you? Do not go call somebody a false teacher just because you want to. This is some of the stuff that Peter describes them as. So if you say of somebody as a false teacher, then you're describing, this is what, what you're saying about this person. So be very careful. We, we, we don't have false teachers in here. So be, be, be careful. Be careful. And, and he says this, that uh, they're, they're going to be destroyed. They, they're like, like, like animals. And they speak evil of the things that they don't understand. They don't understand them. They're ignorant. And yet, they are saying things about uh, the angelic beings. I, I suppose, and, and, and some of the, the, the scholars ag agree with me, uh, that he, he, he's speaking about the angelic business at the end times when Jesus comes back. Uh, because in the third chapter... Peter addresses that uh, to an extent. But uh, I'm not even sure that that's true. But it makes sense because 
you know, you write a letter that is cohesive, that makes sense. You know, it's not just, you don't write verses, verse 1, verse 2, verse 2. They are all, they, they tie together. And verse 1 might not tie together with verse 25, but in uh, the letter, in the epistle, some things write, are coming together, and then sometimes he, he starts with something new. But, and even sometimes, even when he starts with something new, these two are sort of related in some way. You follow what I'm saying? So it's important to get the context. Somebody says context is king, to have the scriptures in context. So uh, I think that he's speaking here about the angelic business that he talked about in verse 11 uh, and, and 10 uh, A and B. Uh, but they know nothing about it. And they're questioning and, they're, and they are raising doubt in People's lives, including young believers. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, what else to say about it? Okay, how about verse 13? And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that counted pleasure to riot in daytime. That King James Version is just not, not the best. Spots they are and blemishes, spotting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Ooh. Uh, so they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. They, they, they are going to be taken care of. They're going to get their punishment. As they counted pleasure to riot in the daytime. So this, this is what you have to imagine. That they take advantage of people in the daytime. Things that others would not do in the daytime. They would only do it in the dark. And they are so uh, arrogant and so uh, led by the flesh that they do it even in the daytime. You see why I gave you a break? Okay. I talked about some nicer things for a couple of weeks. All right. But apparently God thinks that we need this instruction so that we... Young people, I'm telling you, there is more young people that are being led astray than you can shake a stick at. And this is not only for the adults, but this is also for you. Uh, uh, because as you will see in just a little bit, these false teachers, they are interested in the young believers. Because they think that they can sway the young believers easier than people that have been in the faith for, for a number of years already. Does that make sense to you? If you're young in the faith, you don't know exactly yet where to stand and if they are telling the truth. They, because they'll make sense. They, they are smooth talkers. But all the while, they tell you a lie. And they lead you away from Jesus Christ. The very one. The one that is the hope of the world. And they lead you away. So, uh, support themselves. And they, they, they come... They're sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. So they do this ugly stuff while, and while they, while they are eating with you, while they're feasting with you, they're taking advantage of you in every way, including finances. I think it's coming up now. Verse 14 says this, having eyes, oh, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin. Excuse me. I didn't say it. 
Pastor, you said some bad things today. Uh, this is what the warning is of Peter. And would I be a lousy pastor if I don't extend the warning of Peter to the people so they can be warned? <laughs> My sons, they were going to bungee jump one time. Bungee jump. Oh, and I was going along with it, no problem. Oh, bungee jump. Oh, the people know what they're doing, <laughs> you know. And um, then while they were driving to Austin to bungee jump, I was having a tennis lesson with an, an ex-student of mine that had moved away, but she was in town, and she came with her father to take a lesson. So I was visiting with her father. I would visited with the father for, for, for many years already, and he was interest, interested in the things of God. But then he told me uh, in our conversation, he had a sailboat, and he says one time he was sailing on the, on the sea, only water, only water everywhere. And a storm hit, pow. And he says, Kenny, for the first time, I considered God. If I'm going to survive this, someone a lot bigger than me must take care of me. Otherwise, I'm a goner. And then he says, well, how about your kids? How are they doing? Well, they're on their way to Austin to go bungee jumping. He says, bungee jumping? <laughs> this was a gifted surgeon. He says, I've seen them bungee jumping. I see them after they have bungee jumped. And I did surgery on them. So, what shall I say? Well, my sons, they're okay. No. I called my sons and say, Joshua, Nate. They were going with some friends. So, this was a tough decision to make. You have to do this for your dad. Don't do it. And they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They trusted their dad. And they, they honored me enough to say, you know, if my dad doesn't want to do it, I, I won't do it. I simply won't do it. And, and this is what I, this is what the, the idea about of coming under authority. There is a safety in coming under authority. Obviously, the authority that God has for you, not every authority is a safe authority, but I, that's one, not what I'm talking about. The authority that God has for you. There's a safety there to come under. And uh, so where was I? <laughs> uh, they have eyes of adultery. This is the only thing that's, and they cannot cease from sin. This is the only thing that's on their mind. They come in your church looking for women. These false teachers, that's what Peter's saying. Do you understand the same thing I'm saying? I'm understanding over that. Their eyes are full of adultery. Is that what it means to you? This means yes. <laughs> or do you have a question about this? I, I would love to hear your question. This is, this is, this is, their eyes are full of it. That's what they're looking for. And they cannot cease from sin. Beguiling unstable. Okay, here it is. Beguiling unstable souls. It's not somebody who's unstable in their mind. It is somebody who is not really quite, you know, they have received Jesus Christ, 
Uh, perhaps, or perhaps not in this scenario, later on we'll find somebody, some of them that have come to Jesus Christ. But they, the ones that are a little bit, you know, it's, it's like the guys that are looking for um, runaways. They park by the bus station and they're looking for runaway girls. Now, if it's a runaway 44-year-old, they're not interested. But if it's a runaway 14-year-old, they're interested. And they have the experience, like these guys do, to know which ones are a little vulnerable. Many of them are vulnerable, if not all. They run away. They're looking for a place to stay. They're looking for somebody to make them a promise of a place to stay, a place to sleep, a place to eat, and, and so on and so forth. And then usually these guys, they have nice cars. So they think, well, I'll be taken care of. Yeah. You'll be taken care of, all right. (laughs) So, the false teachers are looking for unstable souls. On how they have exercised covetous practices, they are cursed children. A heart, they have, in their heart, they have exercised and practiced this thing often. See why I gave you a break? Yeah, I, I don't like. I don't. I didn't like telling my sons, "Don't go bungee jumping." Would you like? I didn't like that. They want to have some fun, but I want them to be safe. So I say it, even though I don't like it. So this is what I'm doing this morning. I'm not delighting in this, <laughs> but I, I want you to know what Peter has to say. Uh, and they've not been doing this, and they're cursed children. Verse 15. Which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozar. Bozar, B-R is, is, or Bezor is another name that you might come across, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. So the, the ways of Balaam is what? Money. Balaam was a prophet for hire. A hireling prophet. It was about the money with him. Hey, if you give me the money, I'll prophesy anything you want me to prophesy. But, can you go to 16? Let me see what they're using here. See? But was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumbass spoke with man's voice. I didn't say it. It's right there. <laughs> I thought you might get a kick out of it. <laughs> I got a kick out of it. I got a kick out of it. Oh. <laughs> so God stopped him cold. God stopped him cold. But nevertheless, he was a prophet for hire. My dear brothers and sisters, maybe I'll park here for just a little bit and say that one of the things that a minister must be careful with is money. If you do it for money, you're not a minister of of God. It is not that you shouldn't get paid. It's not that there's something wrong with money. It is something that if you do it for the money alone, if that is your main motivation for doing ministry, get out of it right now. 
You're not a minister. You're for hire. If the price is right, you'll do anything. If the price is right, you'll sway the people. If the price is right, you'll tell them the stuff that they want to hear and tickle their ears and, 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 and be done with them. Count me out, baby. I'm not of that school. So this is what they, the false teachers, are going into. They are doing this stuff, and they try to get to your wallet. That is why I I have several thoughts going through my mind, but let me just sort them out here real quick. Let me go to the first one first. Uh, When our son started a church, and uh, initially there was a family there with a lot of money, and uh, they went along for a while, and then they pulled out. And when Josh called me and said, I say, praise the Lord, Josh. God wouldn't have you build a church on one person who has money. God would have you build a church with people that love Jesus Christ. Thank God that you have experienced that right now at the beginning. And you don't have to experience later on. That is why I could never charge for counseling. People come for premarital counseling or they come for other kinds of counseling. And and sometimes they ask, well, how, how, how much do you charge? I don't charge. Because, you see, I don't want money on my mind. Let us say you charge somebody what? What do you charge somebody per hour? Somebody give me a number. 100. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> somebody said 50. Okay, let's go in the middle, 75, let's say. Even that is a lot, but. Okay, let's say you charge $75. So, when I want to see somebody again, I don't want to have that thought on my mind or on my heart of $75. And I don't want the $75 on their mind, on their heart, thinking, oh, he wants me to come back. He probably wants another $75. Well, could that, could that, that thought arise? Of course it could arise. And it could also arise in my heart for another $75. I don't want that. I don't want money to be in the way of mine. I want them to know that when we see each other again, it is strictly for them. So money can be a real ticklish thing in ministry, and we have to be careful. So, but these guys, that's, all, that, that's part of what they want. They want the women and the money while they're leading you away from Jesus Christ. The immortal, fleshly folks. And, but thank, thank God that at least Balaam got stopped uh, and forbade what, was, what he's trying to do. 17 says this. See if I'm going to make it. Maybe. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved. The mist of darkness is reserved forever. That's what their lot is. But they says that these are wells without water. When you dig in a well or for a well, you're thinking you might get some water. And you go to the well to get some water. But when you go to these wells, you're thirsty for some water, but there ain't no water. 
There's nothing there. Nothing to quench your spiritual thirst, even though they promise you that they will. The clouds that are carried with a tempest, it is like clouds that are promising some rain. Woo! But they're gone. No rain. Clouds that were projecting, how do you call something that looks like something, but it's not? Yeah, say it again? Counterfeit. Counterfeit. Give me another name. Facade, camouflage, give me another one. A chameleon. They are chameleons. They look like clouds with water, but there's no rain in there. They look like wells that you would expect some water. There is nothing there. That's who they are. Well, <laughs> yeah, they work on your imagination, right? And, and to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. That's their lot. And then 18. We, 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 you'll be glad to know that we're coming to, to an end. For when they speak great swelling words, like I told you earlier, these are not your guys that don't know how to talk. These guys, they know not only smooth talk, but swelling words to impress you. They allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped or newly escaped or uh, not too long escaped from them who live in error. Okay, so let's look at this first, first, over here. They, they were looking for the ones to the clean escape from them who live in error. So these are new believers, yes? You understand that? They just escaped from the group that lives in error that they used to belong to, but now not anymore because now they have been saved. They escaped from that, yes? Okay, that's, that's what it means. And, but they, they promise them because they are young believers, yes? They have just escaped from, from the group that lives in terror. And, 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 and they promise them all kinds of stuff to the lusts of the flesh. They appeal to the lust of the flesh of these folks to attract them to their way. Um, and they use swelling words. So once again, I'm going to address the young people a, a little bit, that these guys, you know, just because they have swelling words and, and, and big learned words, that doesn't mean one thing if they don't speak the truth of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing. It is all about Jesus Christ, without whom there is nothing worthwhile. So, I'm saying, get as much education as you can. Get it all. But the life is in Jesus Christ, not in your education. Get all the position you want. The life is not in the position. The life is in Jesus Christ. So, but they will tell you all kinds of things that you want to hear, just so they can sway you. Verse 19. I can't spend too much time on it. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. They promise them liberty, okay? Because it is a, you might call it a logical or a, a good way for them to try to entice you. 
because one of the characteristics of the Christian faith is liberty, freedom in Christ. Yes? So they are familiar with the idea of freedom. But the kind of freedom that they are promising is the worst bondage. Because they are appealing to the flesh and they are servants of corruption. So the, the, the liberty that they are promising actually is getting you into the worst bondage. Because when you, when you go with the flesh, that is bondage. When you go with the Spirit of God, that is freedom. Because now you are set free to become what God wanted you to become in the, in the first place. Without whom, the Holy Spirit, you have no chance of becoming that. You have no wherewithal. You have no power. You have nothing to, to get you there. So they are saying, hey, why are they talking a good talk, man, a good, a good, uh, whatever. Uh, nice words, big words, and they're talking a good talk, and they try to persuade you, and, and many times they, they, they sway people. And in this case, these young believers that we just talked about in the previous verse, they actually get them. So let us, can we just go back and let me, let me see where we're going, okay? Um, just give me, give me just one second so I can be more precise. <laughs> Can't find my notes. <laughs> um, okay, let, how about 18b? We go back to the previous uh, verse or so. 18b. So we go to 18. Okay. For when they speak great swelling words of, va- of vanity, they are lured through the lusts of the, of the flesh through much wantonness. Those, those that were clean escaped from them who, who live in error. So those, what, what does those, who are they talking about with those? Huh? The new believers. That's important to know because of what I'm going to propose to you. Because there are different interpretations with the next few verses. And I want you to propose to you what, how I understand it. But if you understand it otherwise, I would argue with you. But I'll tell you why I, why I think so. So because big boys, much bigger, I'm not a big boy, but people that, that are scholars that uh, have bigger churches and much more education, they see it one way or the other as well. Some of them see it this way. I see other others see it another way. So I'm going to show you what I'm looking for. So those are the young believers. How about 19? So we're going to connect those young believers. For while they promise, who's they there? The false teachers, thank you. And them? The young believers. Liberty, they themselves, who's they there? False teachers. Are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. So what he's saying is, if you're overcome by your flesh, you're in bondage to your flesh. you overcome by Jesus, you're into bondage or servanthood. To, to Jesus, and he's the best master there is. Okay? So, day 20, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, who's they there? No believers, thank you. Pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So these are, they, they, are, they have been saved, these people. Yes? So, some people interpret what follows, because what follows is that they are swaying away from the ways of Jesus, they say that they were just in the church and getting used to the things of Jesus, but they didn't really, really believe. It's possible. 
but in my mind it's different. So, uh, so, and so he says that through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they, who's they? New believers, are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them, who's this? New believers, than the beginning. We, we'll get to that in just a little bit, okay? But let me ask you this question. Have you read, have you experienced, do you know people who have gotten saved? And then after they are gotten saved, and they, they're walking with God for a while, and then they get enticed and they go back in the old lifestyle? Okay. So this is to me who they are talking about. And I have not only experienced a lot, but I've also read about it a lot. Now, they don't stay there. They go back to where they were before they were saved. They don't stay there because the Spirit of God is going to continue to work on them, yes? And then, then, they, then they make a break again. And then it seems, and this is not the scripture, this is just the experiences that I've read. And they make a break again from the old lifestyle, boom! And then they're now here for good and sold out and going with Jesus strong. So, this is not happening to every believer. This hasn't happened to me. When I got saved, I got saved. Never really looked back. It is not that I'm sinless. I'm not talking about that. Okay? I didn't go back in the old lifestyle. I moved away from it. I still have old friends that I have before I got saved. (laughs) Why do you can your friends that you had before you got saved? Don't they need to get saved? So I, I, I apply all the influence that I have on them so that they also might be saved. But I didn't go back to the old lifestyle, but I've read and I've experienced lots of people that I have ministered to. Boom, they find themselves back in the old lifestyle. And why Peter is saying they are, find themselves in a place worse than where they were before is because now the lifestyle is the same as it was before. They have the Holy Spirit within them. Yes? Yes? Are you following me? And the reason why they are worse off because now the Holy Spirit doesn't leave them alone. It is they are the most miserable people on the face of the earth. Those who belong to Jesus Christ and went back into that old lifestyle. The Holy Spirit is working on them all the time. And maybe there is some church discipline. And worse than that, the discipline of the Lord. So that's how I see it. That when he says then in 22, let's go at 21, let's read through 21. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. They went back into, and then 22 makes it clear where they were going. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the soul that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. And truly enough, that, that is what, what you see happen. This is not with every believer. Because many of you probably never experienced. You came to Jesus. How about you, Brother Aaron? When you came to Jesus, poof, done with the old style, the old life. Yes. Okay. Done with the old life. You are a new creation, but you still have a will, yes? You have still choices that you make. Some people were into drugs. 
They come out of it. They get saved, come out of it. They didn't move to heaven. They still live in the same neighborhood. And they see their old buddies. And one weak moment, and they find themselves back in trouble again. So, um, so if you interpret differently, you win the argument. You're entitled to it. I'm just telling you where I'm, where I'm coming from when I read this. This is, this is interpretable both ways if you argue well. Um, so, but it, 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 it really doesn't matter because it is possible that somebody who's been saved, that they go back in the old lifestyle and then uh, run in there for a while before they really come to their senses. And then, wow, break for good. I deal with people like that a lot. A lot. And they are miserable, but the flesh is so strong. But the moment, the moment they would give into the spirit for good, They'd be done with it. I thank God that I never went back. So let me read something to you. If you read out of the, the, the book of Jude, you will read some of the same information that you just saw in, in 2 Peter. A lot of that. Is, but I want to give you the end part of Jude because Jude has said so many things about false teachers and stuff like that and apostasy that... <laughs> it's not that much fun to read. But then the, he ends with, on a good note for you. And I want to do the same. <laughs> I want to end on a good note. Can you put, uh, is, it possible to, is it possible to put Jude and verses 20 through 25? Jude has only one chapter. Verses 20 through 25. Then we can read together. And, and, and so it will take a little bit. I, I, I had not asked her uh, in my notes to do that, but I thought, uh, Jude, verses 20 through 25. Jude. Verses 20. I want to, I want to leave you with an edification. I want to leave you with not just a warning. Pastor, you're warning me too much. You're warning me out. So that, that is not my, really my, my style, my way of, of preaching and teaching, but I have to be true to the Scriptures. Otherwise, how can I claim that I love you? I, I, I can't do it. And he says this, But you, that's you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. 21. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others safe with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh, helping other people. 23 says this. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, 
and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. That's what he's doing. He's presenting you before glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Kiss. After such a sermon, I better throw you a kiss. <laughs>